Good morning, good morning. Shout if you love Jesus, somebody. Me too. Hey, let's do one more thing. Let's welcome our online audience, those that are listening in. Say welcome today. We're thankful that you're here. Last Sunday, we had um, an all-time high of 49 gadgets connected while we were live. And of course, then many more watched the message later. I don't know how many people that is, right? That's, that's either phones or computers or TVs, but we can tell how many gadgets are connected to us. Maybe that's families or couples, but we're thankful for our online audience and the fact that we can join that way from uh, God's green earth, who knows where, right? Well, hey, Ray and I have been um, just, uh, just preaching some what we call standalone messages. It's not in a series, and so you can just sit on pins and needles because you have no idea what we're going to say. <clears throat> no. no, today I want to talk about generations. Somebody say generations. More specifically, I want to title it, I think, Empowering Generations. And I feel like God's given me a specific word, not just for Grace Church, but really for, uh, for the kingdom. And it can apply to your personal life as well. It can apply to, if you're anywhere where there's generations, how about all of you, right? How many know somebody older than them? <laughs> Most of us, right? How, how many know somebody younger than you? Right, and so there's, there's generational things that, that come from scripture and I want to go there today and talk about how we bless and how we honor. I want to start with Malachi 4 and, um, and read from there. It says, Behold, I send you Elisha the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes, and he's going to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers and this is Old Testament, so it follows up with the curse. But Jesus broke the curse, right? And he said, lest I come and strike the land with the decree of utter destruction. And so he said, if this doesn't happen, it's bad for you. This needs to happen, in other words. Otherwise, it will not be well with your soul, right? Also, it's repeated, though, in the New Testament, in Luke 1, when John the Baptist was on the scene, and he also, in Luke 1, 16, he also says something very similar. Not the whole thing, but he said, I'm going to turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, but he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just and to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. And so there's a lot in there. You could stop there and just preach for a while. But, but basically what he's saying is that there's something that needs to happen for the move of God on the earth, and that is the children turning to the hearts, the parents, the fathers. When we say this, fathers, it means moms and dads. Y'all okay with that? It's a parental blessing that needs to happen. But the hearts of the parents, moms and dads, turning to the next generation as well. Somebody say, no more riffs. Riffs. <laughs> That's a tough word to say with a microphone. <laughs> like, you hear it? Riffs. No more divisions in Jesus' name. Amen? I feel like the enemy is working day and night. You cannot just see it in churches, but culture for sure. Working day and night to create as many generational gaps and relational schisms as you possibly can. Turning the old away from the younger, turning the younger away from the elders, putting chips on our shoulders so we don't bless and honor. So we, we no longer know how to honor one another well in places in our culture. And many of us have lost the art of blessing one another. Amen, somebody? Can we talk about it? 
I'm convinced that God, that unless, uh, I'm, I'm convinced by God, I'm trying to say, that unless we learn to work together well from generation to generation, it's a multi-generational move of God that we're crying out for, amen? That will, if we don't learn that, we'll never quite see the kind of kingdom impact that God desires in this place. Come on, heaven is filled with a lot of old people, <laughs> as old as David, as old as Elijah, <laughs> and heaven is filled with a lot of young people as well. I know that in heaven there's no age, right? Because it's an ageless. and we get into eternity, there's no age. But they'll all be there, right? Generation after generation after generation. And we'll spend eternity with those that have gone before us. Amen, somebody? And when I get to heaven, I definitely want to see Jesus first. But I'm going to go after Paul next. That's the next question after I'm done. And it might take me all eternity just to get to know Jesus better. That's okay. But then I'm going to hunt for Paul and I'm saying, seriously, can we talk about the book of Corinthians for a bit? <laughs> what are y'all saying here? <laughs> no, I don't know what you're going to do, but I'm going to go look for Paul after Jesus. <clears throat> Psalm 145 says this in verse 4. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. Can I get a good Amen. Acts 2.17 says, and listen, old and young together, old and young are together, and it's going to come to pass in the last days, says God, that I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. Somebody say, all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. I know I just read this a couple weeks ago, but it really you could, be, uh, could be translated like this. Your young and your old will see visions. Your young and your old will dream dreams. God speaks to both the old generation and the young generation or the middle generation, whatever you feel like. At the same time, he has never been a God that lets anybody out. If you're living and breathing, you're the now generation. If you're not dead yet, he's not done yet. How about that? <laughs> Come on, somebody. My story of, of, of learning this, maybe I'm still on the journey in some ways, but my story was that it was really messed up for me because when I got into my teenage years, I did not have a great relationship with my dad. We had one fight after the next, at least one, once a week, because I was home on weekends, working all week. You know, that's when we would argue, fight, not get along. I wanted to do my thing, and he was convinced that I needed to obey and come into alignment with his will and his ways, all right? And I was like, I was a rebellious teenager. I was drinking too much. I was partying too much. And, and he just didn't like, you know, where my life was headed. God didn't like it either. But when I got saved, I didn't come back under my father. I came back under what I would call God's will and God's ways. And he wasn't sure that that was right either because it didn't fit with the, come on, traditional values that he carried as far as church. And so we just had a lot of rifts. It took us three years years to just to heal that why because I was rebellious I didn't want anything to do with him and he was mad you know he was just furious and so my attitude I can't believe pastor had an attitude y'all look so self-righteous sitting out there looking at me <laughs> I had a chip on my shoulder for many years come on somebody and when I got into church, I was saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, learning to prophesy, learning to speak in tongues, going on mission trips and serving and working as a production manager. I was well into my 30s and 40s before that. God started to go, there's a chip on your shoulder toward older folks. And, and there, you know, because I had, even in church, I had, I had some, some really great mentors and some really terrible mentors. 
Man, there was this old prophet guy. I, I love him to this day, but he would prophesy over me. He would bless me. He would sometimes we'd just go to the movies together. He was teaching me about the, we would sit in his backyard for hours and just pour through scripture. And he was teaching me how to just hear God. So many good things, but I could not spend much time with him in, in after a while. Why? Because he could not honor. He could not bless and he could not honor people that were in authority. And so every time I was with him, it was toxic. It was just more bitter and more toxic. And I was like, I value the generations. I, I value mentoring. But listen, what, I, what, what I'm saying is we can learn to bless and honor. So what I, what I, this is what I see in Scripture. I want to tell a little bit more of my story. What I see in Scripture time and time again is he teaches the old people. You can decide today where you're at, old or young. I'm right. I'm 52, so I don't know where I fit. I fit nowhere. Like sometimes I feel young, and sometimes I feel really old. And with my kids, I feel old. When it was some of you, I feel young. <laughs> but listen, all through Scripture, He teaches the old people to bless the next generation. All through Scripture, He teaches the young to honor the previous generation. Blessing and honor, blessing and honor, all throughout Scripture. And I'm going to point some of that out. It wasn't until I was a production manager in the first plant that I worked over there in Denver, Pennsylvania, where this, this, this dude, Charlie, he was about 10 or 15 years older than me. He, he wasn't even a pastor, and he, but he was hired as a consultant. And I know I talked about him before. But when he came in and spent time with me, Something changed in my spirit. He was an old Catholic gentleman, and he spoke volumes and volumes of wisdom to me in those few years that we hung out together. I learned more from him than, than I would say many, many mentors put together. I learned from a lot of people, but from him, he would spend personal time with me. We talked about everything but production some days. We talked about marriage. We talked about disciplining kids. Come on, that was a great discussion. We had a really good time talking about how to raise kids well. He poured into my life so much, and you know what happened to me? Like the God, the Holy Spirit's going that chip on your shoulder toward older people. I'm gonna I'm gonna show you what it's like to meet people that know how to bless and how to honor. Later on in, in our life, Alicia and I met uh, an older couple. Their their names are Bruce and Ruth Langman. You're gonna get to meet them in October. I invited them over to speak, and uh, and so he's been a, they've been a mentor to us for the the last few years for sure. And when we met them, he uses words like call to life. He repeats himself a lot, but he's, I'm going to call them to life. I'm going to call you to life. And he knows how to bless and he knows how to honor. And then God has blessed me with people and surrounded me with people that understand this concept. If you cannot bless, it impairs your influence. If you cannot honor, it hinders your ability to lead. If you're older than someone and you cannot bless the younger one, don't be surprised that your influence is really impaired and they don't want to hear a word that you say. If you're younger than someone and you cannot honor the previous generation, don't be surprised that you cannot lead well. Why? Because you're leading by yourself and you have gained no wisdom from the previous generation because you've shut it off. Older folks, can you bless? Younger folks, can you honor? Um, now, I want to talk specifically to the older generation just for a bit, and for the sake of today, you get to decide like how old you feel, is that okay? But for the sake of today, and, and as we get through this, I'm gonna say 50 and older, is that okay? So just so you know who I'm speaking to. So the younger generation, I'm gonna say 49 and under, although you know, 
You can mess with that if you want to. I don't care. That's not from God. That's me for the sake of the message. So I want to speak to the older generation, those of you that are <clears throat> halfway through your life or more. Let's, let's look at blessing, shall we? Somebody say blessing. blessing. Blessing simply means, means a lot of things, but this is what it means. Just in case you thought it meant, I approve of everyone's behavior. That's actually not what it means. Well, I don't want to bless that because it means that I approve of their behavior. That's actually not what the word means. Blessing means God's favor and protection. Both Hebrew and Greek translations of the word bless often refer to happiness. It means to be in favor with, of one mind with, and in tune with the will of God. It means I'm in favor with, and I'm of one mind with God, and I'm in tune with God's will. And so when we pause to say, I bless you, what we're declaring over the next generation, or anybody, doesn't have to be the next generation, it means that I declare that you are in the will of God. It doesn't mean that you're approving of everything they think, everything they do. It means that you're, you're declaring a blessing, and actually it's a prayer over them, right? So I declare God's protection over you. I declare God's favor over you. God speaks a blessing over Abraham, right? Did he approve of everything Abraham did? No, not necessarily. He was a good man, but no. Genesis 12, 3 says, I'm going to bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you. I'm going to curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And then we see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob blessing their descendants throughout the Old Testament. And even in Numbers, Moses got it. The Lord said to Moses, he said, uh, speak to Aaron and his son, saying, thus you shall bless the people of Israel. You shall say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. There's that favor. There's that protection. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And so shall they put their name upon the people of Israel and I will bless them. Somebody say bless. bless. Let's go to the New Testament. Mark 10, Jesus blesses the children as they came to him. Man, I don't know if you watched The Chosen yet. No, I didn't watch all the, all the seasons yet. But, you know, you imagine the children swarming around Jesus. The disciples are getting nervous because, you know, here's the prophet of God or here's the teacher. He's going to get a little overwhelmed. Jesus is like, no, no, don't keep the children from coming to me. And he, and he left them come around him, swarm him. He's hugging and kissing them, and he's blessing them. No, uh, and in Luke, we see Jesus also blessing the disciples, and he led them out. You know, when he was about to go back to heaven after his time here on earth, he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them. He was carried up to heaven, and they worshiped him, and they returned to Jerusalem with great joy. Somebody say, great joy. And they were continually in the temple blessing God. Most importantly, we see throughout Scripture the older generation declaring, bestowing, and speaking blessing over and into and onto the next generation. My question for this morning, when's the last time that you did this? <laughs> when is the last time you found somebody to speak a blessing over? Again, doesn't mean you approve of everything they're, they're doing. It means that you're declaring God upon them. I speak God over you. I speak the will of God over you. When is the last time you did this? I want to share this story, and many of you may have heard this story, but Bobby Grunewald, <clears throat> I think his name is pronounced, he oversees the, the Uversion app, the Bible app, the digital technology. He's the digital and technology communications director at Life Church. 
which is the church with Pastor Craig uh, Groeschel, which is in Edmonton. I think it's Edmond, maybe Oklahoma. <clears throat> he was the creator of, of the version, which is the world's largest mobile Bible app, by the way. Um, raise your hand if you have the version Bible app. Yeah, a lot of you. Good, me too. They went live with this app in 2007. Within days, there was already 80,000 people who installed it on their iPhones. And by April 2017, 10 years later, version had been downloaded over 323 million times around the world. Today, this app offers 2,898 Bible versions you're carrying around on your little computer in your pocket. 2,898 versions of the Bible, and it's in 1,884 languages for free and without advertising. Why does it matter? He was a teenager when he made it. It would have been so easy for Pastor Craig in his 40s, or maybe Pastor Craig is 50 now, to say, what does this kid know? Come on, get a paper Bible. Which, which I do have paper Bibles. I agree with that as well, right? But how easy would it have been for that generation to say, this isn't going anywhere. Pfft, that's just for, you know, those computer nerds. You know, this, this Bible app went around the world. And it's still going around the world. And it's still growing and still being translated into languages for people to have the word of God. And it's still going to be used. My, that's just honestly scratching the surface. It's just the beginning. You know, there's actually more languages that we have yet to reach in places like Papua New Guinea. And they're actively working on Bible translations in their language. And some of them don't even have a written language. It's going to be audio Bible because they have a spoken language. And there's nothing to write down because they, didn't even, they don't even write. They just speak. And so they're translating the Bible in a spoken language and they're going to put it on these apps and, and zip it into their countries and hand, they hand it to them through apps and through little, uh, little computer chips that they hide in flashlights and every other gadget you can imagine and, and they send it to them and they give them headphones and they meet in their, their village circles and they listen to God's word together. How easy would it have been for us to say, you know, come on, just a teenage um, whim going on. You never know what the next generation's going to accomplish. How about we choose to bless? Choose to bless. We choose to bless. Somebody say bless. What I would love to do right now is to have everyone that's younger than 50 stand up. So 49 and younger, stand up. Jump out of your seat right now. An older generation, hallelujah. Look at this. It's about it's about three quarters of our church, and that's amen. <clears throat> what I want to do, what I want to do, older, uh, older generation along with me, what I want to do is I want to read Ephesians 3, 14 to 21 over them. And what I'd love you to do is just find someone to bless and lay hands on. If you don't want to do that, you can stretch your hands toward them and bless them. Or you can just jump up and put your hands on somebody younger than you as I read Ephesians 3, 14, and we're going to practice blessing. <clears throat> Y'all ready? For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant to you, younger generation, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth 
and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus. Now listen, throughout all the generations, repeat after me, throughout all these generations, throughout all these generations, to these generations forever and ever, the word says, and amen and amen. Somebody say amen. 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 We bless you. We bless these generations. You may be seated. <clears throat> now to the younger generation. You there? I saw you. You just stood up. You're a vibrant crowd this morning. Let me speak to the younger generation. Throughout scripture, it says honor. 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 The old people. <laughs> what does that look like? Leviticus 19.32 is a scripture. that says, rise in the presence of the aged and honor the elderly face to face. Ooh, somebody say it's getting good now. <laughs> Exodus 20.12 says this, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that, you, that the Lord your God is giving you. What does it mean to honor? And by the way, that's repeated in Ephesians 6 too. By the way, honor your father and mother. It says it's the first uh, commandment with a promise. <clears throat> what does it mean to honor? It means to esteem, to regard with great respect. Synonyms might be to admire, to defer to, and to look up to. Right? And I think those are good meanings of the word honor. Let me tell you what it doesn't mean really quick. And I'm going to say this because I have met people that have gotten it really mixed up. The word honor doesn't mean obedience and it doesn't mean worship. It only means obedience and worship in the, in, into God. But listen, to the older generation, we can learn from them. We can glean from them. We hear wisdom from those older than ourselves. We can avoid the same mistakes, perhaps, that they made. We learn to discern the enemy's tactics. Amen, somebody? Because they've experienced some things. I respect their journey. I listen to them. And I ask for their help sometimes, as many times as I need to. But meanwhile, I obey God and I worship him only while I honor the elder generation. Does that make sense? This is what God is teaching us in this day so we can see the move of God that we desire to see. I want to tell you a story. Remember the first king of Israel was, was Saul, right? Anybody remember the second king? David, yeah. Who was the third king? Solomon. Who was the fourth king? I'm going to test you. I know, it was his son, right? This is where it gets a little foggy. His, his son became, Solomon's son became the fourth king. His name was Rehoboam. I think I'm pronouncing it right. Re, somebody say Rehoboam. I don't want to be alone up here trying to pronounce this stuff, so I'll make you, make you feel weird with me. Uh, <clears throat> but that was Solomon's son, and he was the fourth king of Israel, but this is how it went. So when Rehoboam was made king, uh, Jeroboam, which was another leader, but he wasn't a king at the time. He was just another leader in, um, in Israel, and a group of people, they implored Rehoboam. They said, Please lighten the demands on us because they really felt mistreated by all the demands that King Solomon had put on them. Matter of fact, some of them had actually fled out of the country to places in Egypt and things like that because they felt treated unfairly. They came to him and said, please treat us fairly because your dad put too heavy restraints on us and, and, and it just felt you know, too dictatorial, whatever. I'm paraphrasing now. And Rehoboam said, okay, I'm going to take this into consideration. Now I want to pick it up in 1 Kings 12. Starting in six, and then King Rehoboam took counsel with the old men 
who had stood before Solomon, his father, while he was yet alive, saying, how do you advise me to answer these people? Right? So he went to the elders in the community, the ones that were there that were served his father well. Right? And, and he did do the right thing. He went and got their opinion. They said to him, if, you're gonna be, if you'll be a servant to these people, he called servant leadership out. So you'll, you're a leader, but would you be a servant leader to these people and speak good words to them when you answer them? Then they're going to be your servants forever, and you're not going to have any trouble. Paraphrasing just a little bit. But he abandoned the council. Oh, my gosh. Here we go. He had a bit of a chip on his shoulder. He abandoned the counsel that the old men gave him, and instead he took counsel with the young men who had grown up with him and stood before him. So he said, instead of listening to the wisdom of the aged, the ones that have gone before me, I'm going to ask my friends. <laughs> and sometimes, sometimes when I hear about this uh, you know, drama going on or that drama going on, and then they say, well, my friend said this, and my friend said that. I'm like, yeah, that's going to go on for another couple years because you're not asking the right people and to jump out of your friend circle to get some wisdom from those that have actually gone on before you and have learned how to snap out of that dramatic cycle. Asking somebody who's in it with you and to gain wisdom, call that insanity. They're in it with you. They're not going to help you get out of it. Does that make sense? He said to them, this is Rehoboam getting back to the people now. And he said to them, uh, what do you, oh, he's actually talking with his friends. Sorry. He said to his friends, what should I do? What do you advise that we answer this people? Lighten the yoke that your father put on us. And the young men who had grown up with him said, thus shall you speak to this people who say to you, your father made our yoke heavy, but you lighten it for us. Thus shall you say, my little finger is thicker than your father's thigh. And now, whereas my father laid on you a heavy yoke, I'm going to add to your yoke. My father disciplined you with whips, but I will discipline you with scorpions. In other words, I'm going to make it worse for you. I'm going to flout my authority, and I'm going to make sure you know that I'm boss and you're not. I'm king and you ain't, right? And I'm going to ignore the wisdom of fathers that just calls for servant leadership. It's very simple advice, friends. He said, now I want them to know that I'm boss and I'm going to tell them to get back in place. Matter of fact, I'm going to make it worse for you so that you know who's king. Here starts Rehoboam splitting the kingdom. And as, as we paraphrase the rest of it, because it's way too long to read, but Jeroboam split off, actually, and uh, much of the kingdom followed him. It became Judah and Israel, and then the nations were split for 450 years. They could not honor the wisdom of the elders, and thus began 450 years, people. 450 years of wicked kings ruling over Israel. There was only two that were good kings ruling over Judah, but for 450 years, the rest of them were wicked, too, in the split kingdom. Just for reference, by the way, this year America, the United States, turns 247 years old. It's about half, you know, of the, of the length. In case you're wondering, like, how old is that, right? You know, uh, it seems like the, the America's been around a long, long time, right? It's, it's not been. <laughs> Only 247 years compared to 450 years that they had to live through wicked kings who took from them, made their lives miserable, a lot of deaths in the, in the kingdoms. Why? Can't honor, my, can't honor the old folks. They don't know what they're talking about. Somebody put your hand on your heart and say, I'm convicted. I know I am sometimes. 
Here's some examples for you. Abraham was 75 years old when he left Haran with his wife Sarah to go to a new land and with his nephew Lot and traveled to Canaan. God said, go to the land that I'm gonna show you, right, in Genesis 25. Most of you, most of us, if you reach 75, you're like, yeah, I'm done. Don't tell me to travel across the desert. In Exodus 7, 7, we read that Moses, come on, was 80 years old and his brother Aaron was 83 when they spoke to Pharaoh and said, let my people go. In Deuteronomy 34, Moses was 120 years old when he died. But get this, and I want you to hear this, yet his eyesight was clear and he was as strong as ever, the word tells us. You ain't dead, God ain't done. What are you called to do with those years? In Job 12, 12, wisdom belongs to the aged and understanding to the old. Hallelujah. Proverbs 16, 31, written by King Solomon. Gray hair is a crown of glory. It is obtained by following a righteous path. I, I, I don't have a lot of hair, but I do have some gray hair. <laughs> I have a little bit of wisdom, y'all. Proverbs 20, 29, the glory of the young is in their strength. The gray hair of experience is the splendor of the old. Psalm 71, 18, King David cries out, when I am old and gray, don't forsake me, God, till I declare their power, till I declare your power to the next generation. I want to declare your might to all who are to come. Don't take me yet. I have more work to do, basically, is what he's saying. Young folks, we need to learn to honor and bless the older generation. Everyone 50 and above, would you please stand? That's the other half of the church. <clears throat> Look at all these glorious people. Now, what I love for the younger generation and do likewise is to find somebody to lay hands on or stretch your hand toward them if you don't feel like running them. I want to declare Psalm 92, 12 to 14 over them and honor them with this scripture verse. <clears throat> Y'all ready? Psalm 92 says this, but the godly will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon. For they are transplanted to the Lord's own house. They flourish in the courts of our God. Even in old age, they will still produce fruit. I'm going to repeat that. Even in old age, you will still produce fruit. I'm going to repeat it the third time. Even in the old age, you will still produce fruit. Can I get a good amen? They will remain vital and green. They will declare the Lord is just and he is my rock and there is no evil in him. Can we shout a blessing to these people and say we honor you in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Thank you so much. I want to finish with the story. There was a gentleman that applied. We were, we were really expanding quickly uh, back at Lifeway when Alicia and I were we're back there uh, pastoring for seven years and we were expanding rapidly and we took some interviews of pastors and <clears throat> somebody who applied that was a previous pastor at some other church and applied to be a pastor at Lifeway. And I'm, I'm gonna try to tell the story that I don't you know, reveal who it is and sometimes I slip up and say names. So I'm gonna try very carefully to tell the story because it's really, really important. It's really important to you. I want you to get something out of this because I learned a lot from it. He, was, he had accolades. He had a degree in theology. Um, <clears throat> 
this and that. And, and so not, not when we interviewed him, but even before that, he was always quick to point out stuff that we might have said or slipped up on while we preached. And, you know, so sometimes you misquote scripture, you know, as we bring, you know, pastors are sometimes human, believe it or not. And, and sometimes we say things, you know, in, in haste that we don't tell the whole story. And like, you know, so he was always quick to point out, like, did that really make sense? And, and stuff like that. And, and actually, he wasn't ever wrong. Like, he would always point out things that we should always take into consideration, right? And, and then he applied to be a pastor. So we did a really great interview with him. And, and even then in the interview, it was like, well, I don't know if I 100% agree with all the theology. And I would like to point out this. And we should be doing this better and all that kind of stuff. And we stood back, me and Pastor Jimmy. And we evaluated, and I said, I asked Pastor Jimmy this question. Now, Jimmy was the lead pastor, and I was, I was the exact pastor back then, and we were interviewing. And I said, has he ever said anything positive? Has he ever said a word of honor about Lifeway Church? Has he ever spoken blessing? Has he ever said, thank you for anything you did say right? No. We couldn't, none of us could think of a thing. Come on, we're, we're a culture... Not me or you, I know, but people around you. We're a culture that no news is good news. That's actually never true. Did you know that? A lot of people interpret no news as bad news. And then we come out of the woodwork when we have something critical to say. Oh, then we're, then we're lit and we're triggered and then we send an email. But meanwhile, we could say a thousand things right or even do a thousand things right, but you're quiet. You don't honor you don't bless. I'm waiting for that thing that requires my attention. And when we, when, we, when we bought into a form of acting, a culture that says, if I didn't say it, it must be good. It must be okay. You've already missed the calling that's on your life. Because honor and blessing goes out of your way to say something when things are going well and, get this, and occasionally say something when things are not going well. Speaking the truth in love. Come on, somebody. Likewise, at the same time, there was this pastoral couple. And listen, they weren't pastors. This couple came to Lifeway Church around the same time. And both, both Pastor Jimmy and I noticed this couple. Why? Because they were always, always surrounded with people. And they had some family that came with them. They had people over to their homes. This husband and wife... They were a little older than me, but they were always, always praying for someone in the lobby. They were listening to the next generation. They were surrounded by people younger than them. And then we started saying, who is this couple? Who are they? Because they're very popular and we don't even know their names. So we interviewed them. We went after them and said, tell us something about you. They said, man, we just love young people. We just love the next generation. Matter of fact, we love everybody. We just want to pray for people. Guess who, guess who we brought onto the pastoral team? Somebody without a theology degree. Because they learned how to bless and they carried honor everywhere they went. And to this day, they're some of our very best friends. And maybe they'll visit here sometime and speak to y'all. But when they carry blessing and when they carry honor, they make a huge difference in the generations. And there's, they have their own little move of God going on around them because that's what they just carry with them. Do you hear the word of the Lord today? Have you learned to bless and have you learned to honor? Would you stand with me? Calvin, do you, do you have a word for us before we go into the final song? Calvin is my, come on, come on. Calvin is my father-in-law. <clears throat> welcome, let's welcome Calvin Greiner to...
<laughs> Sorry, team. This is Alicia's dad, and um, when I woke up this morning, I actually knew he was coming today. Last night we heard, but when I woke up, um, I felt like he was supposed to say something of a word of encouragement to us today. And sure enough, when I saw him this morning, I said, Kyle, when are you going to prophesy? He said, man, I've been praying for three hours. I could prophesy right now. Like, well, <laughs> let's do it. So whatever God's given you, Thank do you. it. Yeah. Bless you. Thank yeah, yeah. You. Come yeah. over here into the light and okay. wherever you the light. Okay. <laughs> wow. Good morning. This morning, uh, last night, really <laughs> feeling such a desire to bless this church meditating scripture after scripture thinking what is God saying what does he what's he want and then this morning uh, I felt the Lord said uh, would you give me three hours in prayer for this church come on three hours I said so I don't know if I got to three or if I got to three and a half I don't know but uh, I said wow and then I felt the Lord said uh, would you be willing to prophesy today <laughs> I had no idea what Vern was picking no idea right I said what he said are you willing Maybe, uh, do you want to prophesy? So God, your will be done. So as I'm walking in, uh, Vern uh, said, hey, uh, huh? <laughs> really? Uh, what, what? Uh, I can tell. What's going on? Uh, so uh, I thought, well, that's probably God, you know? So then at Father's Day, uh, I had given Vern uh, a baton. Some of my children on the Father's Day. It's uh, pretty cool. And you had it in your office. Yeah. This is a baton, not the one they used to race in the natural. But I put on these batons, passing the kingdom of God baton from generation to generation. Amen. He had it in his office. Mm -hmm. Passing the kingdom of God baton from generation to generation. Yeah. Really? Yes, Lord. So what is God saying to us today? Come on. So would I, could I bring Daniel? Yeah, absolutely. Daniel? Yeah, come on. D Daniel, you have no idea you're going to do this, but you're on yeah. call. So if we were led by the Spirit in love. <laughs> so, brother, um, as we sat down this morning, my wife and I, Stephanie, I, I just kept looking at you and had no idea who you were, but I think we met before. And now I know this <laughs> prayer team. So yep. that's God. Daniel's a prayer So listen Lord. to absolutely. me carefully. We'll do this <laughs> in honor of time, but we're going to do it thoroughly. I believe Daniel, I don't know, I believe he carries a tremendous amount of love and faith. Yeah. Faith. This man has faith. That's right. So he's going to pray. He doesn't know that he didn't know this until 30 seconds ago. <laughs> but I looked at him this morning and that's why I kind of grabbed you quick. And, and I know there's, there's a tremendous amount of love mm -hmm. and faith in your heart. That's right. So I want him to pray a short prayer, I guess. And then I might prophesy. Yeah. We'll see what God does. Yeah, yeah. Okay? So God's really working this morning. He's ordering <laughs> our steps. He's, he's speaking to Vern and myself and kind of bringing us all together to declare who he is mm -hmm. and what he wants to do and what he wants to continue. So, brother, here we go. Just pray and bless. You're going to feel this. <laughs> Just let it go. Pray. All right. <laughs> if you can, shall we all raise our hands? Yeah. In surrender as we receive the outpouring of the Spirit of God. Father, we thank you for your presence in this place. The scripture says that Christ in you is the hope of the manifestation of the glory of God. Father, may you manifest your glory amongst us today. 
in the name of Jesus. Yeah. We came for a service. But Father, we have encountered your presence and your glory. Jesus. Move among us, O oh God. More of you. <laughs> Receive it now. More of you, Lord. More of you. More of you. More of you. Yeah. We came for a service and the crippled are walking. We came for a service and the brokenhearted are being restored. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that a miracle is taking place right now. Even as you <laughs> confirmed this through the word of prophecy. We thank you, God. We thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence. The Bible says that in your presence, there's fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Thank you, God. Thank you for what you are doing in this place right now. From generation to generation. Amen. God, we give you praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Did you notice? Amen. Again, this is by the Spirit. As Steph and I were sitting, I kept looking over and I, I said, wow. And I felt the Lord spoke to me about this man. And he said, Daniel is a thankful person. Yeah. And I felt like the Lord wanted to encourage us as he and all of us continue to remain thankful. Notice how many times he said, thank you. Simple, every day, all the time. Mm -hmm. So God wants us to abound in thanksgiving. Don't make it hard. Appreciate God. Thank Him. Honor Him. Love Him. Appreciate Him. But keep saying thanks. So, brother, you did a good job. Bless yeah, you. Amen. Okay, I'm going to prophesy. You, you can go now. Appreciate it, brother. <laughs> Thank so you, So what is, what is prophecy? It's risky, but it edifies, exhorts, and it comforts. Amen? It builds you up. It edifies you, and there may uh, uh, be a bit of, okay, my children, a little <laughs> discipline, a little correction. That's how we grow. So here we go. Amen? Now, I'm, I'm not going to scream. I'm just going to prophesy. So here we go. Yes, the Holy Spirit says yes to everything Jesus did. The blood still speaks. The name is still exalted. The Father still is reaching out and revealing His Son by the Spirit of truth. Even now, some of you know in your heart there is a special grace upon you even this morning to understand the will of God concerning what your measure, your part, your gifting is in helping serve the yeah. next generation. Yeah. So if you're young, do what the man of God preached. You honor, you honor, you honor, you honor. If you're old, you honor, you honor, you honor. There is now a new release of understanding a bigger picture is now being released to Grace Fellowship. Yeah. A bigger understanding, a larger way to look at the kingdom of God and the principles of the kingdom are being released to you individually. Don't say, well, it's just someone around me. It's you. God said, I'm speaking to all of you individually right now and collectively. Yeah. Re receive the blessing of God. Even the man of God preached it. Receive the understanding of what it means to honor and to bless. I release gifts of healings. Broken hearts will be healed. Yes. Relationships will be restored. Yes. You will know for sure that I am doing this 
I am pursuing you. I am chasing you. I am seeking you. Sometimes you may say, well, God, I need to seek you. God said, I seek you. I seek to find you even in the secret place. I will look for you even here and even there. And I will find and I will locate the position of your heart. Yes. And I will work in your heart. I will work in your marriage. I will work in your family, in your business, in your job. But be it known, I'm a good God. I'm a righteous God. I'm a holy God. I'm a father who reaches out to every one of his children, whether they're good or bad. Hallelujah. Because that's who I am, says the Lord. I am a gracious, merciful, kind, forgiving, kind, always, always, always looking out for your well-being. Yeah. So even now, says the Holy Ghost, I release a blessing over you. All of you, receive it. You must yes. say yes to the blessing. Yes. You must receive what I give yes, you. Lord. If you do not receive it, you cannot have it. You yes. must say yes, yes to what I give you, even this morning, even yes, now. Yes. For I am a father. I reveal myself in my son, Jesus. Yes, you Lord. must know me through him. For Jesus said, I make my father known to you. My father and I work together. What you see is what my father sees. And what he is doing, I am doing. And what I'm doing, he is doing. So God declares over this ministry, even right now to the very youngest little baby, to the oldest person here. Thou, there is no more gaps. You heard it preached today. God said, there's no more gaps. You must understand I speak truth and love, but with authority, you must understand I want no gaps in this ministry. I want no separation, no division. I want no jealousy or envy. I want love, respect, honor, and obedience. Come on. For now it is the time. For I have challenged you and yet changed you to yeah. be more like me. Come so on. when I speak directly to you, you know that I am a God who wants change, growth, and blessing. Yeah. So the Lord would say, do not fear anything or anybody. It is now time to shake off the spirit of fear. Do not allow that spirit of fear to even get into your brain. If it comes, tell it to go. I want you free in faith, like even Daniel, my son, prayed. Yeah. There is a faith now upon you to do the will of God. Don't draw back. Don't draw back. You must not draw back. You must continue to press forward in faith and in love. Even now, there may be someone you will have to go to. Even maybe today, even tomorrow, whenever. And I will direct you to go to them in humility. And you must at times say, okay, I'm sorry, I was wrong. For repentance leads to blessing. Yes. Let it be said, let it be recorded. The Father God, my God, your God, our God cares about you individually. I speak to the ladies, my daughters, my daughters, my daughters, my daughters. My daughters, I love my daughters. My daughters are valuable and precious to me. So if you've been hurt or hindered, you've been resisted as a daughter, shake it off. Receive the power and the glory that I want my daughters to live in. For my daughters are special to me. I bless every one of my daughters in this place. Let the Spirit of God rest on you and receive yeah. that grace yes, and yes. that beauty. For you are chosen and called. My young sons, your warriors, your worshipers. There's temptations and trials, but who am I? I'm the deliverer. Amen. I set you free from the things that would hinder you. <clears throat> I speak to my older sons, my older, they, you have been chosen to release wisdom. Amen. So what am I saying by my spirit to you? I chose you. I called you. This morning is a breakthrough morning. The yeah. gaps are disappearing. The divisions are going. That's right. And how is this finished and complete? By me. 
-hmm. by my spirit, by my love, by Jesus. That's right. And even now, my son Jesus is making intercession at my right hand for you. He is praying for you. My son Jesus lives to intercede. He wants you free and he will continue to cry out to me for your freedom. For the blood of the Lamb speaks and cleanses you now. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Here you go. Amen. Blessings. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. I will hang on to this for dear life. Younger generation, we won't drop the mantle. Amen. The older generation is speaking blessing over us, and we're not going to drop it. The kingdom of God will forever increase. Younger generation, we receive the mantle. We decide for ourselves that we're going to run the race and not give up. Amen, somebody? Because something precious has been handed to us, truth upon truth upon truth from generation to generation to generation. And we grab the mantle of leadership for the next generation and we say, Lord, let your kingdom come. The same prayer that our forefathers prayed, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And then we run with the same calling and the same mantle that is on our lives. Amen and amen. amen. We've kept you a while. But listen, I was going to do this real quick. If there's anybody here that doesn't know the Lord, and you don't know who you're following, and you have never said, Jesus Christ, I repent of all my sins, and I really want to do my life your way instead of my way, and declare, if you're here today and that's you, I would love for you this time to run to the front. When we get a prayer team after this last song, they'll be right up here, usually over here. I would love for you to come up front and just pour out your heart, and they will pray with you and help you launch you into a vibrant relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. If you're visiting today, we're glad that you're here. Would any of you stop by what we call the Next Step Station? Let us know how we can uh, journey with you on your way through. Well, hey, was, was, did anybody get blessed today with a word from God? Me too. Me too. I just want to end by just saying, let it be. The word amen is actually, the word means let it be, right? Let it be so is really what it means. And so as we go back into worship, that is the cry of our heart, Lord, your will be done in this place. I'm thankful for you guys. Thank you, worship team. Let's, let's worship one more time. Love you guys.